Welcome to episode 18 of Flights, Football, and Anything Else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Better than some, not as good as most, Mike. Did I catch you off guard on that one? With what? No, you didn't catch it. For, that's all right. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> what did you say? No, I didn't catch it. I, I, well, I was doing good until you stopped me because I, you know, I've just listened for the normal intro and you must have staggered it somehow. I'll have to listen to it on the, the re-listen. No, I said, I, said, I said better than some, not as good as most. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, no, I did not catch that. That's all right. Uh, That's all right. I'm doing fine. Otherwise, other than you, other than you made a fool out of me right off the start. I <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing well. I just wanted you to care and pay attention to me. That's all. Yeah, that's not going to happen though. So, <laughs> uh, hey, we've we've got a special guest here today on flights, football, and anything else. Our second guest, uh, Herb Waits, uh, football player at uh, Swan Valley Eastern Michigan. Uh, and with the Indianapolis Colts at the time, and the and the Browns, I believe, had uh, your contract there for a year or two. Welcome, Herb. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Cool. Um, and what we have, what we're tasting today, is the Voodoo Ranger Hoppy Pack. Uh, there are it's a 12 pack. We've got four different flavors in there. And we decided not to do the standard uh, Voodoo Ranger. They've got the Juicy Haze, the Experimental, and Liquid Paradise. And we're going to start with the Juicy Haze. But before we start, I would like to wish our second guest a very happy 30th birthday. Happy birthday, Herb. I'm sure it's been a birthday wish come true. Yeah. To be on a podcast with some two old with two old guys. You know what? I was gonna say it's definitely beaten sitting in the the living room with screaming children. So I'm oh, hey, glad Dave and I could make your wish come true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's crack these. I like the can. By the way, uh one of our uh one of our listeners, one of our very, uh, very loyal listeners, Shelly, she suggested we should start rating the cans as well. What glass you got, Mike? My, uh, all, my uh, tied for favorite, not a big deal, spitting chiclets. All right. <laughs> I've got the flights, football, and anything else. It's all bullshit mug. So, all right. Herb, what are you going with? Are you going right out of the can? or I'm going right out of the can. It looks creative. That'll, that'll, be, a first, that'll be a pod first, right out of the can. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here you go, Mike. Herb, cheers. 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 Yeah, good IPA flavor. Got the IPA flavor, but I was going to say definitely. The uh, the title's juicy haze, so I was expecting a orange mango. Fruitier taste. I didn't read the label or anything, but I don't I don't get any juicy taste to it. It's got a good IPA flavor, but I don't get the juicy taste to it. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not overwhelming, but at 
you know, I didn't introduce it correctly this show. Sorry, everybody. Uh, the Juicy Haze, 7.5% alcohol, uh, 42 IBUs, and the untapped rating is 3.79. So my guess is, is, you know, based on our experience so far with IPAs, a lot of times, uh, sometimes the juice just knocks down any bitter beer face you might get from a, a real hoppy IPA. So I'm, I'm looking at the 42 IBUs and saying that's probably spot on with what I'm tasting. Right. Oh, exactly. And uh, you know why you uh, screwed up the approach with not giving the credentials of the beer? Because you why? screwed up the intro and threw everything out of whack. So you've got <laughs> we, we've got to get this all back into gear here, Dave. Yeah. We're, we're flowing off course fast here. Now, okay, we'll we'll get back on track. So, Herb, yes, sir. Good football experience, yes. Yes, definitely. I was gonna say it was a uh, a different road than what I thought I would take, but uh, it's one that I wouldn't uh, kind of go a different way. So, my first question, and then I'll let Mike in with a question. Um is how was uh would you have done anything different in your high school experience um would have probably went to a couple more camps um you know get your name out there a little bit more if you notice now a lot of the high school athletes they're getting out there but the ones that are kind of um good athletes are still staying kind of in their local area still playing great football but they're not getting their names out there so they're losing those opportunities to go to bigger schools, you know. Um, so I would have sure, said sure. That, yeah, I would have went to more camps. Yeah, I think I, what you're talking about is we had a we had Ethan Champney. Um, I mean, he went out East Coast. He did several big trips, right? Um, Midwest, East Coast, stuff like that, trying to get his name out there. And he actually he got a little bit of interest, but um, you know, his best offer ended up being at Michigan Tech. Right. Yep. So, but I also think that uh, I was going to say, even watching him play, um, he could have definitely uh, went Division One. I. I was going to say, I think a couple of those schools dropped the ball on that one. He's got the size, um, he can gain the speed, and he's got great hands. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mike. All right. I was looking through. Uh, and if it's on the internet, it's got to be true, right, Herb? So if, let's say, back in your high school days, there was a state law that said athletes can only participate in one sport. If that was a law back in high, when you were in high school, would you have chose track or football? Oof. See, to me, I feel like I was always a better track runner. Um, but looking into the future, football, you can get a full scholarship with football has, gives you an opportunity to make millions and be on the highest platform track. You can get a partial scholarship. Um, and then you have to be in the top 0.1% in order to make it to the Olympics. So I think my best bet would have still been playing football just because a lot more, um, there's a lot more opportunities out there. And uh, to our listeners out there, I mean, this, this wasn't scripted at all, believe it or not, because as everybody knows, Dave and I do very little work prior to the pod. 
but that's actually answered was answered perfectly because that's why I asked the question because it seems you almost had as many honors in track, if not more so than football. Because yep. you it seemed like you had a better track career. So that was actually, I mean, that's why I asked the question because it was like, wow, he, you know, I'm not saying you were a bad football player. I mean, you know, you played on a 12 and one team as a junior that went right. to the guys, and then uh, senior you gained 1,200 yards rushing. So I mean, obviously, and you played in Eastern Michigan, so right. Um, so obviously, had some football abilities, but you seem to be much more decorated in track than mm-hmm. football. So that's why I asked that question. And I had a great track coach as well, so it, it was a blast. Oh, yeah. uh, his name? What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then you go to Eastern, right? Correct. How was that transition going from Swan Valley, um, some successful seasons there, um, and then going into, you know, a Division One program like Eastern, a Mac school? What was it like, you know, your first spring camp or your first fall, you know, fall camp, getting on campus and, and – kind of seeing the environment that you were going to be playing in? So it was definitely an eye-opener because um, for me, it was like, okay, I went to Swan Valley. I was great. Um, And then you jump into the college level. Everyone's great. I was going to say everyone had All-American, All-State honors. They were faster than you. They were bigger than you because program, they knew more. And, um, for me, in my position, I was also the smallest one. So I was going to say they were all just gigantic when I went there. My roommate um, actually was an All-American uh, named Daniel Halsclaw, which is going through his own little thing right now. I know he's got a 30 for 30 uh, episode out for him doing some not so good things. Oh, um, yeah. But he was my roommate my freshman year. That's out, not to, not to interrupt you, Herb, that's out now or they're doing, they're making it right now? I believe it's out right now. Um, he was an Oklahoma City cop and um, decided to allow girls to pleasure him instead of actually uh, taking them to jail. So, I mean, it's in movies, it's in multi-million dollar movies, um, his name is mentioned and it's it's kind of bizarre because, again, that was my roommate as a freshman. Um, that was the guy that taught me some of the things that I still know today. Um, in football. In football and in life. I can say <laughs> crazy enough, and in life. He made some bad choices, but he actually was um, very smart. Yeah, good, good dude then. As a mentor to you or – he could definitely be better now, but uh, yeah, back when we were in college, he was a he was a good guy. Yeah. Okay. Good. But in, in terms of, so you got these bigger, faster guys. Uh, did it did it force you to kind of up your level? Did you? It was like sink or swim, go yes. time or quit. And to tell you the truth, believe it or not, it was my track skills that uh, ended up getting me um, a position on the team and to continuously keep that uh, that spot. Um, as heading into the fall camp, I was going to say I was the fastest freshman. So, I mean, they gave me a couple of more opportunities than any other ones, like playing on special teams and running down there. I mean, I had a chance to uh, tackle some of the people that are highly rated. Antonio Brown, uh, Terrell Pryor, you know, a lot of guys that uh, 
we still mention their names today. So um, that's pretty cool. It's it was a it was a blast. My freshman year, I would say, was um, a big eye opener, but it was it was fun. Um, now, if we if we fast forward through the uh, Eastern years, when you were in camp with the Colts, was that 2011 or 2012? That would have been, I guess you can say, 2012. All right, so that was the year that that was Pagano's first year as the head coach, correct? Correct. Yep. All right. So now, for our listeners out there, and um. Actually, even my nephew, who is our first guest, who is still kind of waiting for his first pro pro day because of the, you know, he had it scheduled for mid-March, but obviously COVID-19 put the kibosh to that. And right. Hopefully he gets a, you know, they, they do something, whatever, whatever. Because um, now, now you weren't drafted by the Colts, correct? No. You were, so now, like, do you just show up at, at their camp or do so you have an agent? What they do is I had an agent, and um, my senior year, I was on a lot of people's boards, and I ended up getting um, a hamstring injury um, halfway through the season. So, of course, after that, I could not uh, play because I couldn't get over the injury. Um, So fast forward to it being close to the end of my senior year, and we're getting ready to make a bowl game that would have been the only chance I would have had to do to continue um, my senior year. But uh, we ended up unfortunately losing that last game. Um, So our season was over. Um, We had our pro day and then we actually got kind of like a combine invite, a private invite um, for seniors that kind of didn't get a chance to finish out their, uh, their full season. Um, and then at your combine, you kind of go through like all the agilities and the speed um, drills right. and everything like that. Um, it was a bit of a difference because Ron English was a highly known uh, coach out there. So he had close to every single NFL team there watching you. So, awesome. yeah, um, normally Eastern probably has Detroit Lions there. That's about it. But uh, when he stepped in, he made sure that he reached out to every single um, NFL uh, team, and they all showed up. Okay. That, um, now, how, how long were you there before your hamstring injury kind of cut it short? About a couple weeks, I was going to say, which they take you through a whole bunch of testing, making sure that uh, you were healthy enough to even step on the field. There was a couple of my guys that uh, – that actually did not even pass the uh, the physical part. And there was a point that I might have not have been able to pass. I guess they found something like a small little hole in the heart or they what they thought. So they kept me out of practice for a little bit until that was cleared. And then, of course, once they got all their, um, their testing done, uh, they allowed guys to get back into it. But uh, it was definitely a different experience, even jumping from college to that other level. Oh, I yeah, I can't I can only imagine. Um did you uh, in the in the time you were in Indianapolis on that 2012 roster is there any of the guys that you formed a bond with still stay in touch with Matt who's the biggest character on the team? Ooh. Um 
and, and this is kind of – I'm kind of leading you in because I got a question to ask about one in particular on the team that maybe you do or do, don't know. Is it Andrew Luck? Well, no, that was – no, it was uh, – m- m- my idol is uh, actually Pat McAfee. Okay. I was going to say, so with us, they we would pretty much be called the runs coming in because, I mean, we weren't drafted. We – I was going to say it wasn't even a free agency thing that they kind of picked up and uh, brought you in it was a um an opportunity so i mean a lot of those guys were like hey we don't want to know your name unless you you're coming here to prove something so i mean they kind of separated us from the bigger guys knowing that hey 90 percent of you guys are not going to be here um when it's time to suit back up gotcha all right yeah so you don't know Pat McAfee? No. <laughs> Damn. All right. <laughs> um, brand. What's that? I said for the brand. For the brand. And one last question, though. Uh, was it difficult? Uh, you said you and Alex had a similar experience. Uh, you had coaching switch right in the middle of your college experience. Uh Correct. And, and we don't have a lot of time left in, in this segment before we want to rate this uh, juicy haze. But uh, real quick, I mean, what was that transition like? Positive, negative? Well, started off negative because uh, I had an excellent freshman year and uh, my mom got diagnosed with uh, MS heading into summer. So Jenick, which is our head football coach, got, uh, got uh, canned. And um, Ron English comes in. Well, Ron English cleaned house to everybody that was not there during the summer. And unfortunately, I was one of those guys that was not there. But I told my position coach, hey, I got to go back to help take care of my mom and, uh, you know, make sure that she um, is okay. So he was okay with that. I ended up coming back to fall and talking to a couple of the coaches. And they were like, hey, you're off the team. And I said, what's going on? And they said, well, you weren't here during summer. And they had to um, make a couple more roster spots and yours was taken. Um, So I went down to my linebackers coach. I said, coach, I really need back on the team. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I said, they cut me off the team. So he ran right up there to Ron English. He goes, you need to watch this kid play. He goes, you would be making a huge mistake if you end up uh, cutting this one off, uh, off the team. So Ron called me in. He was like, listen, I'm going to give you till camp in order to prove that you belong on this team. If not, we got to part ways. Um, so I made that deal and I ended up getting my starting position back by the end of fall camp. And he would kind of tuck off from there. Cool. Good story. Very good. So, hey, before we rate this beard, you said one last question. I have one last question now. The highlight, of your, the highlight of your Eastern career, was it an onside kick? or Because it, it shows that you have two returns of a kickoff, one for zero, no yards and then one for 11 yards. Was your 11-yard return of a kickoff the highlight of your college career or no? Uh, no, actually. Um... I would say that my highlight would have been tackling uh, Denard Robinson. I was going to say someone that they said, hey, it's the fastest dude that's out there. 
and you're able to run down there and tackle them. I mean, that was my highlight because uh, that made it seem like, hey, I'm pretty fast. That or Antonio Brown, I was going to say, I went out there and uh, kind of he was the one that actually get, uh, got me the opportunity to get into the league. Um, he kind of was out, hey, this guy's kind of fast and uh, he can, you know, tackle. So um, a lot of my film was me kind of putting him in the dirt. So, I mean, that was oh, nice. Uh, yeah, you, that was a you remember problem. you remember your eleven yard return or no? Yeah, I do. And I got hit pretty hard on that one too. <laughs> I was gonna say I definitely remember that one. Ball that popped up. <laughs> I was gonna say the ball popped up, came right over to me. I should have kept straight, but of course me, I wanna kinda show my moves and lights out. I got taken out. Wait, <laughs> right. eleven eleven yard eleven yard gain, though you can't complain. No, no, not at all. That's awesome. Hey, let's uh, let's also rate this awesome Juicy Haze from Voodoo Ranger. Um, Herb, what do you think? Scale of one to five. I'm going to go four, and that's only because I'm a big grapefruit fan, and I kind of can taste a hint of grapefruit. So I'm wondering if that's where the juiciness uh, comes in, but – I'm going to go four. Okay. Good rating. And I'm going to go right around in that area. I think with this one, uh, I can't say much more than I did in the beginning. Oh, goodness. Except for that. Um, nice IPA taste. Good color. Um, I think, like, I think the juicy part is is taking the the IBUs down a bit. Um, you could just taste just a little, like you said, Herb, just a little hint. Um, otherwise, you know, if, if they didn't have that in there, I think the IBUs would probably be more in the in the sixty range. Right. I think it makes it nice and smooth. So I'm I don't know if I'm going to put it quite as quite at a four. I'm going to go three point eight five. All right, which leaves me as uh, Debbie Downer, I guess, of the of the beer. As for the can, Shelly, I like the can. It's a cool skeleton with the uh, badass hat on and looks like the ace of some type of card in his brim. So I like the can, Shelly. And I like your idea, by the way, rating the cans. Um, not disappointing. And, no, and not going to disrespect it in any way. I'm not going to say I didn't like it. It's not like uh, uh, D's Nuts. No, we never tested <laughs> D's Nuts. It was uh, Hazel's. Hazel's Nuts. Yeah, we have never had D's Nuts in our mouth. We just had Hazel's. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with 3.33. 3.3. Wow, okay. 3.33. All right, then. Uh, I'm going to introduce our second beer for tasting today. It's Experimental, the way it's spelled. It's kind of clever. Um, also from the Voodoo Ranger Hoppy Pack. Has a alcohol by volume of 6.6% and 27 IBUs. The untapped rating is 3.8. So let's crack these open and see what we think here. All right, and uh, as we're pouring, 
I mean, obviously the, the same skeleton figure is the uh, Voodoo Ranger, but if we're rating the cans per request of one of our listeners, I think the Juicy Haze IPA is a cooler can than the Experimental. Right. I would say so. What do you guys think? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But I think the dark, the black background, um, the, the other can had more, uh, more design to it. Um, he has, he's has a lot cooler hat on too. He's almost going to say they changed a couple little things, but uh, I was going to say like, there looks like there's a card and, uh, the glasses. He's almost got the Heisenberg hat on too. Right. So this is an American IPA that falls into that category. So I want to see what you guys think. And, um, then I want to, uh, I would just want to read something quick. All right. So here we go. Cheers. Cheers. I like the spoon idea. Thanks. Can't tell our listeners, man. (laughs) You should. It means we're practicing social distancing. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. True. Hey, we're, we're responsible adults here. There's so much go on, but we got to do it different ways. Kind of a, it, it does, it's almost got a hor- uh, an orange haze to it. I was going to say that. Yep. I would have said this one would have been more of my fruity, uh, like the last one, than the actual last beer. Or the juicy haze. <laughs> I think it's actually got a smoother taste to it, though. That's probably with the the fewer IBUs. It's 27 IBUs compared to 42. I think right. the has actually a smoother taste to it. I don't quite. I don't quite get any. I don't quite get. Uh, I thought I got more citrusy notes to the last one, though, than this one, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get. I don't get any citrus notes on this one. But it's straight up, a- just straight up IPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, American IPA, just for the listeners, characterized by floral, fruity, citrus-like, piney, or uh, resinous, resinous American variety hop character. The IPA beer is a style about hot flavor, aroma, and bitterness. This has. This has been the most entered category at the Great American Beer Festival for more than a decade and is the top-selling craft beer style in supermarkets and liquor stores across the U.S. So there you have it. But this wow. is an IPA, not a – this isn't an American paleo. This is an IPA. Well, it's an IPA, but American style as opposed to – as opposed to. Uh, I see what you're saying, but it's still, yeah. it's still considered an IPA. It's an IPA. Yep, it is. Um but American subcategory as opposed to West Coast or um uh, come on help me. East Coast, but it's not called East Coast, it's called a New England. No, not a New England. Oh my god, I'm losing my mind. I'm having a East, senior moment. East, are you talking East Coast, West Coast rap battles, Dave? Yeah, that's it. Biggie yeah, and Tupac. That's exactly what I'm talking going. about. No, help me out, damn it. I'm going biggie. <laughs> <laughs> of the two, I actually so um, Biggie's East Coast, right? Yeah. Because I'm actually, if, if I had to pick, I'd have to go West Coast with Snoop. Because like Snoop is kind of like a, a subcategory from uh, Tupac, right? Uh, 
Yeah. Snoop's sort of, kind of, not really. Snoop, Snoop's the man. I mean, hell, he coaches youth football. You got to love Snoop. Right. There <laughs> you go. He also cooks with, uh, what's her name? Martha Stewart. Martha, she also oh. cooks with Martha Stewart. <laughs> he's, also, he's also on commercials with the general. See, <laughs> That's, uh, he just got that new commercial. <laughs> um, hey, uh, All right. you know, this day in sports. Yeah, this day in sports, second installment of On This Day in Sports, backed by popular demand since we have no current sports to talk about. And really, other than a, I never did see how the finals of that horse competition turned out. The, really, there's no sports whatsoever really this past week so you want me to go first dave or yeah go ahead all right on this day in sports april 19 1991 in addition to being our second guest herb weight's first birthday right. it was also the battle of the ages a heavyweight title bout versus with uh, evander holyfield versus george foreman and it was for the WBA, the WBC, the IBF, and the ever-popular lineal championship heavyweight titles. Um, Foreman was 42 years old at the time, and at the was he selling was he selling hamburger grills at the time, or was that after? <laughs> that was probably after that because he had to get a few more fights under his belt, and then he okay. went with the Foreman grill. But at back in '91, this fight had 55 million dollars in um, pay-per-views, which at the time was a record. Obviously, since been blown out of the water by numerous uh, UFCs and other fights. But um, you can go to YouTube, actually, and what I I actually remember watching this as a 23-year-old, probably before we went out to the bars. You're that much older than me, huh? I said, you're that much older than me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's my uh, receding hair, hair that just keeps it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, I was 23 years old in 91, and we probably went out to the bar. But um, I remember this fight. I mean, it was a battle. These two cats, I mean, just were throwing haymakers at one another. <laughs> and in, uh, in particular, if you go to YouTube, you can either watch the entire fight which, you know, that's an hour, some of it, some of the footage is grainy because somebody's putting it on YouTube, whatever, whatever. Um, or you can go to I, the one, the most recent one I watched, it was like 10 minutes and it had round by round with like the best 20, 30 seconds of each round. And the longest round of the one I watched was round seven, which at, at the end of the year, Ring Magazine voted that round as the best round of the year. I mean, and these Holyfield won by unanimous unanimous decision. That's easy for me to say on our second IPA. Um, and but Foreman got a lot of accolades because, like I say, Holyfield's a lot younger. Foreman's forty-two years old and went toe to toe. And forgive me, I'm going to be inaccurate with my. I don't know. If, I can't remember if it was twelve or fifteen rounds back then. I think ninety-one. It was probably a twelve-round title fight. But they went the distance, and Holyfield won on the unanimous decision. And if you like boxing, this is the bout for you because these two guys are in there just throwing bombs on one another. 
<laughs> and you can see, like, Holyfield just unleashes on Foreman, and you can see him almost get frustrated. Like, how is this old man not going down? And Foreman <laughs> stood right in there and took it. But, yeah, so that was 29 years ago today, the Battle of the Ages, Holyfield versus Foreman. And I was 21, Mike, so I think I do remember that fight, or at least seeing parts of it. Um, and you're right. I mean, they were, I mean, bone-rattling landing punches it was it it was a cool fight to watch for sure i mean it was it was i mean i mean boxing is not what it once was but ufc has kind of taken over that title from it but i mean that i mean those two guys were just in there just throwing bombs and it went the distance and the fans got their money and 29 years ago today on this day in sports you mean just like the uh the last mcgregor fight (laughs) yes yeah, all forty seconds of it. <laughs> See, that one I can I can uh, look at. I was gonna say the one that you guys are talking about. I was probably throwing haymakers to my mom because she was probably trying to put me down for a nap. <laughs> oh, but like I say, now thanks to YouTube though, you can you know after this pod you can do YouTube the Battle of the Ages and you can see him just slugging it out. I'm gonna have to probably do that. I'm gonna have to look at that fight. All right, my day in sports. What happened to boxing, by the way? Yeah, it's. Well, it used to be this, the sport of kings is what they called it, wasn't it? Yeah, I've seen a, yeah, I've seen a couple ads on ESPN. I mean, they're trying to bring it back. They've got a, they've got a couple of uh, heavyweights that um, they're hoping will, you know, bring people back to boxing a little bit. After Mayweather, I was going to say you saw a huge de- uh, decline in uh, viewers watching and everything oh, like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay, my day in sports. Uh, I've got to go all the way back to 1898. The first Boston Marathon. Uh, the winner ran that marathon in two hours and 55. What? Mike's, Mike's giving me like seven. 1897. Seven. What did I say? 1898. I said 1898? Yes. Everybody, first Boston Marathon was in 1897. Oh, God, how did I screw that up? All right. 1897, the first Boston Marathon, the winner ran two hours and 55 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, Nowadays, uh, of course, they claim that they've they've broken the two-hour barrier. Um, I personally have a problem with that. Um, and I don't know, I guess Mike didn't know before the pod, but I ran my best marathon. I ran two of them. My best was three hours, 20 minutes and 51 seconds. So that one, uh, ironically was my first marathon and I qualified for the Boston marathon. Uh, then I found out how much money I would need to shuck out in order to attend and participate. And so that was not an option for me. Um, I believe entry wasn't that bad. It's like 200 or 250 or something along those lines, if I remember correctly. Um, the travel and the, uh, the lodging is the issue uh, around Boston. I guess it's insane. I mean, if you're not, if you're not willing to pay, and someone can, someone can fact check me on our Twitter account or our um, Facebook or our email, but I believe when the Boston weekend, if you're 
anywhere within 10 miles of town, uh, it's 500 bucks a night. Wow. So I know, I know my friend Jeff Zeal, he had to go 20, 30 miles out of town to get a, a hotel for 200 a night. So, um, but the Red, the Red Sox usually play at 11 a.m. that day. And, and that's probably why then it drives up the, the okay, so if they got a ball game same day, um, sure, that drives up hotel prices even more. But the thing I like about this is, is that I was only, uh, what was I, 25, uh, no, how many, yeah, I was about 25 minutes off of uh, the winning pace. Ish. So you so what you're saying is you could have competed in the eight, late 1890s. I should I should go back in time and compete in the Boston Marathon, the first one. I think I don't know. What do you think the winner got back then? A, a couple of a couple of chickens. I was gonna say I'd go a cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, a new pair of shoes. Yep. So. Uh, it's unfair to put you on the spot like this, Herb, but do you have any uh, in this? Because Dave actually forgot about the category heading into the episode, so I don't expect you to. I don't expect you to know. Do you have any on this day in sports? Um, no. I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> fair, uh, enough. Like, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I didn't even know I, they still played sports in April. I just thought I was like the odd man out. Yeah, they they used. To, one one day we'll be able to tell our kids they used to play baseball in April. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you heard any word on that? What's the latest on what they're going to do? Are they going to do the Florida Grapefruit Cactus League? No, nah, I think they're still waiting it out. That's the latest thing is they're going to try to speedball a condensed season. And, you know, like I said, I mean, they missed the season due to a contract dispute and life went on. Right. I mean, I think the NHL and the NBA are getting near the finish line of, hey, are we going to play anything? Or do we – because it, cause now they're getting to the point if they continue the season and get a champion, now you're putting 20, 20, 21, 20, 20, 20, 21 seasons in limbo or at risk because you, you can't crown the champion on one day and then start the new season three days later. Right. I mean, so, you know, and we're, we're at April 19th and, you know, so it's almost like, you know what, it sucks. Yeah. And like you, like we said, Dave, uh, a couple pods ago, I was like, yeah, I'll watch. I mean, if, if they're going to play baseball games in the shortened season or if they're going to do a Stanley cup playoffs, yada, 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 whatever, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to watch just because there's nothing else to watch. So that said, somebody's going to have to eventually pull the plug on it. It's like, you know, it's like your aunt, like your aunt's 99 years old and she's on life support, and been in a coma for six months. At some point, we got to say, you know what, Aunt Matilda, gotta go. it's time to go. Yeah. 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 Hey, are we ready to rate this one? Yes. I, I was going to say, timeout. I was going to say, I don't know how you guys were, but I, I cheated. I did. I was going to say, but today, Michael Jordan wins his record 10th NBA scoring title. No. Perfect. See? Yeah. Hey, 
not cheating. That's hey, that's what that's taking. And you said you weren't tech savvy, Herb. Come on, you were holding out. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Herb, what do you think about uh, experimental from Voodoo Ranger? You know, I think I like the first one better. I, I was going to say I would go more of like a three point five on this one. Um, yep. I would. I was going to say I felt like the other one had a little bit more flavor for me. All right, Michael, you're up on the middle one. All right. And clearly, our second guest and myself have different tastes in beer because I actually like this one better than the first one. And although our ratings are going to be very similar, I mean, he was a half point below his first one, and I'm going to go 17 hundredths of a point higher. I'm going to match Herb and also give experimental a 3.5 because i actually enjoyed the flavor um the juicy haze ipa i felt had a little bit of a dank taste to it and this was a little bit cleaner probably because of the lower ibus although i'm not opposed to bitterness i just preferred experimental to juicy haze though i did like the can of juicy haze better and I got, I was going to say, I, I actually let my wife try it and she loved it. So I had to put her two cents in there also. <laughs> did you let her try the first one? Yeah, she'd kill me if I didn't. <laughs> what did she like? Did she, did she like the first one or no? She did. I was going to say, she's like, hey, that's pretty good. All right. So this kind of follows uh, for our regular listeners. Um, they know that I've got a, I've got more of a sweet tooth when it comes to this kind of thing than Mike does. So, you know, I like the Juicy Haze a little bit better than Experimental. Uh, don't dislike it. It's a good IPA. Um, I'm going to put mine at uh, a 3.40. Well, okay. So we're all, line. we're all in line on this beer. We all like it. Solid three. Yeah. I liked it better than the first. You guys like it a little less than the first. Very good. All right. Well, that segues us into our third tasting, which is Voodoo Rangers Liquid Paradise IPA. This has got a 7.8% alcohol and 44 IBUs with an untapped rating of 3.71. What do you think about the can, guys? Love it. Easily the best can of the three. Big pimp and skeleton on a raft, baseball cap, lounging in the pool with a Hawaiian T-shirt with palm trees on it. I'm a big fan of the can too. I was going to say I love the color. I like the blue. Yeah, the and, blue. Uh, actually, yep, yeah, I was going to say that. That kind of makes the can right there for me. This is one where if it's in the cooler um, and it's sold as an individual, this is one that you gravitate to and you go, "I want to. I want to know what that is." Yep. I was going to say, I would grab out of all three of them, that would be the can I'd grab. Yeah. All right. So let's crack these open and uh, let's see how it tastes. It's even got the rubber ducky. It does have rubber duckies. How are your pores been today, Mike? 
Perfect. And no complaints on the pours today. 18 pods in, I'm getting some practice on it. <laughs> that, may be, that may be my best pour yet with the not a big, back to the not a big deal. What's been your favorite beer for the, uh, the last 18? Um, actually, I, funny you mentioned that, Herb. Last week, I don't like Mondays. I believe sort <laughs> of my 4.33 highest yeah. rating. And it was an unbelievable. Um, one of the, uh, the guys that works with me was in Ohio and brought us back a, a multiple selections of beer. And we tried three of them last week. And this one wasn't even from Ohio. It was, I uh, can't remember where it was from, but it, he brought it back from Ohio, but it wasn't Ohio Brewery. And it was, it was. I want to say it was a San Francisco, wasn't it? Uh, let me look at my notes while we're, before we taste. Oh, hell, I got, I got it right here. Sorry. Uh, fr- it was from Fat Orange Cat uh, Brew Company, uh, East Hampton, Connecticut. There we go. So it was an East, and I mean, it was fabulous. All you smelled was orange when you cracked the can. I'm like, I was a little leery because I don't typically like the fruity beers, but it was a perfect mix of the fruit and the IPA. And it was, and actually Dave even rated it very high. I don't think he had it rated as high as I did, but you had it rated fairly high. Yeah. Better than a blue moon? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Those are my wife's favorite, so uh, I might have to end up getting that. Yeah, it's called I Don't Like Mondays from Fat Orange Cat Brewery Brew Company. I'm going to have to look those up. Cool can, too. All right, so here we go, guys. Cheers. 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 The liquid paradise. Hmm. The most bitter of the trio. I was gonna you think so? Yeah. Yeah, there's hmm. a, a smooth, clean taste, though, but it, it, it has that bitter taste. Even though it's only two more IBUs in the Juicy Haze, I think it's a lot more bitter. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not tasting that for some reason. Now, I'm, I'm cleansing my palate uh, with our standard uh, Clancy's cheese curls, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Hey, Herb. Um, yes, sir. If you were, I, I don't know if you snack, maybe you're a health conscious guy, if, if, but if you do snack, salty or sweet? Ooh. Um, does it count if I say whatever the kids are eating at that point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that could count. Makes a lot you're of sense. You only pick one. I'm going to go salty. Good call. Good call. I like it. Good, good choice of gas, Dave. I like, I like her more and more as we go along. I like <laughs> stuff, don't get me wrong. I like the sweet stuff, but you know, nothing beats a Clancy's uh, Cheetos or right. like a Frito or a nice potato chip. Of the yep. two, I got to go salty over sweet. I agree 100%. And of course, that's what she said. <laughs> God. All right. Hey, before we get into this week's random question, as our listeners know, I threw line after line.
to Dave of what movie is this? And he couldn't get it, couldn't get it, couldn't get it. And well, in fairness, he had never seen the movie. So I guess if you didn't, haven't seen the movie, how would you have uh, got the quotes from it? But between episode 17 and 18, Dave and his lovely wife, Shelly, did sit down to watch the movie Seven with Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, and Kevin Spacey. Dying to hear what you think of it, Dave. All right, so <clears throat> it started off a little slow. I have to admit, in the first 10, 15 minutes, I was like, you know, what the heck? What the hell? M Mike said this was the best movie, one, maybe one of the best movies he's ever seen. It did start off a little slow. But I tell you what, uh, I, probably about a third of the way through, it really started uh, gaining some traction started getting a little interesting. It started picking up. The action started picking up. The plot started to thicken. Um, the, you know, um, I don't know if it helped that some of the, you know, some of the murders started getting a little more uh, violent or whatever, but uh, the whole, the whole plot towards the seven deadly sins and, and, you know, someone was trying to make a statement and they were getting closer and closer to, you know, who this person might be. Uh, but I would say definitely the last third of the movie and, and at the end, you're like, whoa. Um, you're like, wow, that that was somebody did some good writing. All right. Oh, I enjoyed it. Have you seen that movie, Herb? No, I was going to say, would you recommend it? Because that's oh. what probably we're going to try to watch tonight. David, yeah, I, I would recommend it. I, I would recommend it. It was a good watch. I, like I said, if you can, um, you know, Brad Pitt and some of his early stuff, uh, and I don't know, some of the our buddies that uh, don't forget the popcorn, you know, I don't know if, if they would agree with this or not, but some of his early stuff, it's kind of like, oh, geez, you know, this guy, he, it almost looked, he's kind of overacting. It's a little bit, um, and then he... Brad really gets into the part, I would say, in the in the in the next two thirds of the of the film, um, and does a really good job at the end. Uh, really good job, as a matter of fact. I actually think, um, and I know our buddies Dave and Wes from Don't Forget the Popcorn will take issue with this. I actually think Morgan Freeman is better in Seven than he is in Shawshank Redemption. He's oh. great in Seven. I mean, yeah. he's, he's really, yeah, he's, he's, he makes that movie through the first, yeah. I, I would say Brad Pitt catches up with him in this, in the last third of the movie. Um, but from the get go, Morgan, Morgan Freeman, he's, he's, uh, he's, yeah, he's awesome. So yeah, if you, if you and the missus are looking for something to watch tonight, her dial seven up, you won't, if you're disappointed, <laughs> I will apologize in advance, but if you, I'm guessing you're not going to be disappointed. She just had me watch uh, the movie Focus with Will Smith, and I was going to say I wasn't – I was going to say at first I wasn't really good on watching that one. That was an amazing movie. So I was going to say I'm taking all recommendations during quarantine. <laughs> right. There's a couple of – there's a couple of – when we did a search, there's a couple movies named Seven. You just gotta, of course, look at the look at the information and get the one with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. But Kevin Spacey, holy cow, he's only in the he's only in the second third of the movie. Right. Wow. 
He he was spot on on his character. Scary dude. So the second third would actually be the middle. <laughs> <laughs> the second third. Oh, yeah, the third third. I guess I felt a little awkward saying the third third. The last third of the movie. Yeah, my bad. That's all right. Hey, I just like thanks for calling me. Stuff. Thanks for calling me on that. Now you got me back from the beginning of the pod, Mike. Hey, thank you. We're, we're even. All right. So, um, did you have one more, or do you want me to go to the random question? No, you can go to the random question. Okay. So the random question is: What is the best uh, thrill slash adrenaline ride you've ever been on? whether that's an amusement park or I'll put it out there, you know, there's some dune rides out there, uh, like in a motor vehicle or a boat or, you know, what's the, what's the best, um, what's the, what's the best adrenaline rush from, you know, a, a ride that you've been on? Uh, we'll go with Herb. Herb, you're up first. I actually got two. I was going to say one was, uh, I guess not purpose. Uh, I had my friend Ken Provost that had a um, a pontoon. We were a little bit overcapacitated, and uh, <laughs> I was gonna say he uh, kind of went through with some big waves, and uh, I was gonna say it started sinking. So we ended up having to, <laughs> it ended up having to uh, turn it. How do you sink a pontoon? I have no idea, and I'm freaking out because you know what? I'm not gonna lie, I only know how to doggy paddle. I don't even know how to swim. So I was gonna say, when he's going, this whole thing is just gushing over water. Thought that was gonna be the end of me. Um, but ended up making out of that, and I would say the best ride would be the one at Universal Studios, the Hogwarts ride. Really? Uh, I was gonna say that. My wife and I went for. Um, what did we go for? I don't know if it was just a getaway or whatever, but I was going to say they just opened it up and um, uh, that ride, I was going to say it was kind of like a motorcycle ride and it took you pretty much around the whole entire park and it had you zooming going up and down and normally I don't like rides like that, but that was an amazing ride. Cool. Mike? All right. Um, I'm going with a tie for two rides at Cedar Point. The first Millennium Force in a tie within a tie because Millennium Force, first car, last car. Because you're in the first car, you get to that monstrous hill, and you look down. And it, I mean, it literally looks like you're going straight down. It's just unbelievable view and a rush. And then the last car, obviously, is the highest point where the, the roller coaster releases. So you're actually going to be going faster from the last car because the first car is halfway down, not halfway down, like 20 cars down the first hill before it lets loose when that top car, that last car is on the top of the hill. So first car, last car just for the sheer speed and smoothness of that ride. And then it's tied with the Maverick. The Maverick has so many twists and turns and it actually has the reverse part of the, the ride where you, you're going full tilt all the way. 
and then all of a sudden it stops and it shoots you in reverse. And um, so those are the two, I mean, even if you have to wait two hours in line at Cedar Point. Speaking of which, before you give your answer, Dave. Yeah. Boy, Cedar Point better hope social distancing is cleared. Yep. Between the time they open, because how in the world, if you have to be six feet, I mean, the line, the line from somebody to drive will come back to Saginaw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I get to go during Halloween, I was going to say that's oh, that's, be... that's for sure. The Halloween is the great, and uh, Liz and I took our oldest son and my two sisters before it was a big deal. And like you could ride, like you could go on. Uh, Millennium Force wasn't there yet when it first started. So we, you, we, you would ride the Magnum, ride it, get back in line, and be on it within like three coasters. Hmm. Now, Hollow Weekends is probably as busy, if not busier, than any time during the summer. Wow. Yeah, it's really popular now. Um, okay, so first of all, in response to the Maverick, Mike, you're an ignorant slut. <laughs> um no, the Maverick's horrible. That is a that I mean I hate that ride. That is it's it's old. It's it it like it bounces your brain all over the place. If we're talking about the same one. You're talking about the Mean Street. No, 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 not the, the no, Maverick, no. The Maverick's brand new. Damn you. The Ma oh, are you talking to, okay, the, is the Maverick the one in the back of the park? In the in the in the in the frontier town part of Cedar Point by the log ride? I'm not even sure where it's at, but the but the Maverick is a fairly Maverick's newer than Millennium Force. Really? Okay. Well, anyway, I, I think if that's the one you're talking about, yeah, that one is that one's so herky jerky and that's the mean streak, I think, and the mean streak's not even a ride anymore. No, I'm not I'm not thinking about the mean streak. I'm thinking about the Maverick. I think I am. Well anyway, that's another fact check anyway. I'm gonna look at that after we get off the pod. But um, I'm pretty sure the Maverick was the one back by the log ride in the frontier town uh, in the back of the park. But anyway, I would have to agree with you, though, Millennium Force. I will go on Millennium Force again and again and again and again and again. But uh, probably, one of the, probably one of the craziest, scariest rides I was ever on, um, we were at uh, Holland State Park. And I was with my friend Mark Lennon, and he had he had a Volkswagen Rabbit. And as high school kids, as it would go, you know, you wait. You know, if you got to be back at a certain time, I don't know if you guys remember. You know, hey, I told my parents I would be back at a certain time, and you wait till the very last second before you say, "Dude, I, I gotta go. I gotta go, or I'm gonna be late." So. We made it back from Holland State Park to um, Rockford, which was just a little north of Grand Rapids, in, I believe it was, I want to say it was 38 minutes. Mm. Wow. So I was grabbing the handle on the top of this thing, white knuckling it all the way back. He's like, no, dude, I'm, I'm getting you back. I'm getting you back. Um, I'm getting you back on time. Swear to God, we're not going to get in trouble. Um, so that was, that was probably the craziest, most adrenaline rushed ride I've ever been on. 
Um, I thought the car was going to explode, to be quite honest with you. Huh. All right, well, I was always like two hours after the my curfew, but uh, <laughs> and uh, before we rate Liquid Paradise, I guess the, as far as like real life adrenaline rushes, other than like rides, it would have to have been one one year when we went to Gulf Shores for spring break, and we were in the ocean. And there was a little bit of a riptide. Not, I mean, it, there wasn't like the red flags where you shouldn't be in the ocean. Right. But, I mean, it was to the point where like it knocked you down and you had trouble. And I had, you know, one of the kids that we were in the ocean with watching with a death grip around my neck. neck. Because he was almost in panic mode. Because, you know, we were kind of like, you know, like our condos here and within – 30 seconds we we're like four condos down and you know he's got in like and like uh herb said i i'm slightly above the dog paddle level i mean i'm not much of a swimmer and he's got a death grip on my neck and i'm thinking to myself this is a hell of a way to die with, yeah. with, a, with a kid on my back as we you know float aimlessly out to sea but luckily i was able to you know battle through it and get him to shore but that was i mean I guess that was an adrenaline rush. I, I don't want to seek that again because that was like nope. over the next top adrenaline rush. Well, that might be the ne the next uh, random question is near-death experiences. Is <laughs> 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 what you're talking about. That's a great question. <laughs> we might have to have that one here in uh, in a pot or two. But, like uh, but hey, are we – bring that up because I'd hate to steal your thunder on that because I'd so, – so, That'll be the episode. That'll be the episode twenty. Excuse me, the episode twenty random uh, question. And we could do that, but quite frankly, you're Mike Peters, so I'm thinking between now and then, you're going to probably think up four or five other near death experiences that that were equally that as. I've got two that popped to my mind. <laughs> All right, let's rate this one. Let's rate Liquid Paradise. Herb, what'd you think of this one compared to the other two or to other IPAs that you've had? Out of the three that I've tried, I'm going to give this one the second best. For some reason, I still like the first one the most. I would say a 3.8 for this one. Um, but I'd give the, uh, the can a 4.5 because I like the can. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a note on that. That is a good can. That is a good design. Whoever designed that, kudos. All right, so I'm up. I have to go in between the two because I did also like uh, Juicy Haze the best. And so I'm going to go at a 3.60. I just thought it didn't, you know, I really enjoyed kind of the fruitier, that fruity notes. Um, it wasn't overwhelming. I thought it was really well done. Uh, but yet, you know, with Juicy Haze, the IPA taste, this one had a good IPA taste. It was very smooth, but I, you know, I didn't get, um, this one almost for me falls into the, um, and I hate to use the founders, but it's the, it's the best. They, they came upon a great slogan, uh, the all day IPA kind of a thing. So, um, this one I, I'm giving a 
What about you, Mike? All right. Um, as we went, I liked it more and more each time. This is best can and the best beer. So like a, a daily double, if you will. And I am going to go a 3.9. Wow. Very nice, solid IPA flavor. Enough bitterness to know you're drinking an IPA. But, you know, not, not discomforting in any, in any way, shape, or form. And I thoroughly enjoyed the Liquid Paradise. And as far as cans go, I can't remember every single can slash bottle that we drank. But I'm going to go, like, put me on a spot. I'm going to say it's the number two can that we've done behind Z's Pet Polar Bear. I still think Z's Pet Polar Bear with the... <laughs> the polar bear with the blood on the skin and the red eyes. Right. That was still the best can. But, um, so yeah, very solid finish. We progressed nicely for me. I went 3 3, 3 5, 3 9, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But, hey, Herb, thanks for being on the show, man. Of yeah, course, thank you, sir. I, thank you guys for having me. And I'm out of beer. And as a late. <laughs> great Stuart Scott once said you ain't got to go home but you got to get the heck up out of here